What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Compassionate Viking Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Stanaway. And today's episode is going to be a little update on what's been going on in my life and what I see happening in the next or near future. And really a new lesson I was taught about getting out of your comfort zone. And as someone who talks about getting out of your comfort zone and pushing your limits, you know, as often as you possibly can, I just did something that pushed my limits further than I think I've ever pushed them before, or I guess could have had the biggest risk. I don't know. We'll get into it into the podcast, but I really got out of my comfort zone and it freaked me out for a minute. And so I'd like to dive deeper into that. I actually did this exact same podcast last night. And when I got done, I was trying to upload it on the computer. And for whatever reason, there was no sound and I couldn't get the sound to work. I couldn't get the sound to work. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Started pissing me off and irritating me. I asked Vanessa to come help. And then all of a sudden I realized that the roadcaster, which is the little machine I use to do these podcasts, the volume was all the way turned down. So I recorded an entire thing in here by myself and it recorded it all. It was all there. It's just the volume was all, all the way down. So <clears throat> we are doing that again. The Viking tip of the day or of the week is actually going to be about some of the herbs and some of the things I've been doing. Some, some little tips for you. I'm not going to read out of the book today. I'm going to go over the fact that last night I was drinking tea when I was doing the podcast. And what I wanted to talk about was my tea. I had stinging nettles. I had burdock root. I had mint, well, chocolate mint. I had some lemon balm. And I had some mugwort with some raw honey. And typically I don't drink tea as much as I should because... I like coffee a lot more, or I'll just drink water. But after going through this book as much as we have, I realized that all these herbs are very beneficial to us. And so if I could just drink tea at nighttime, one cup, that's better than nothing. And so last night I decided to just take a bunch of the stuff that I have and make a tea. And it wasn't bad at all. And I actually slept extremely well. And the mugwort in particular is meant to like enhance, I don't know, spirituality, vivid, lucid dreaming, all that different kind of stuff. The woo woo shit I talk about. And I, I think it, I think it kind of worked. So being that it's summertime and all of the plants and stuff are, are being harvested. This year is the first year that I've ever had all of my herbs that I've grown come to a point where there's a large enough yield for me to actually do something with them. So Vanessa and I have been constantly harvesting and drying and putting them into mason jars and making different types of salves and tinctures. And actually right now she's making elderberry syrup again for the upcoming winter season. And there's something really, really fulfilling about it there's something that gives me great pride great joy and a sense of satisfaction that I'm learning how to grow my own medicine I'm learning how to connect and have a relationship with mother earth and because of that I'm being rewarded I'm being rewarded with the benefits of learning how to heal myself and my family and my friends and the community and I'm being able to share this knowledge with you guys which is just going to add more ripple effects, which I find very, very cool. So, before we get on with the show, I absolutely need to be, give a big shout out to Tobin over at Training Northwest. He recently just had a rifleman camp out at his range in Granite Falls, Washington. I hear nothing but great things about that. And even if you're not trying to go to rifleman camp and maybe you just decided to purchase your first firearm, you feel a little weary about it, you're uncomfortable, you, you want to make sure that you're doing the right thing and you want to become more safe, he has classes for you as well. From first timers all the way up to badass dudes who are either you know veterans, soldiers, or just highly advanced in their firearm tactics. 
He's also a veteran special forces. He's done massive amounts of contract work and deployments. He also is a distributor for Vortex Optics. And even though I personally don't have any Vortex Optics, not because I don't want them or they're no good, but because I just didn't have money for them, I hear nothing but great things through them, through Greg Anderson, through a guy named Greg Lappin. They're all using Vortex Guns and Geese, which is another little organization group that puts on jujitsu and firearm drill training over a weekend course with bonfires and stuff. They're also using Vortex. So I'm sure I will be purchasing one soon, but make sure to go over there and use Toby's training or a promo code. He has a promo code. I think it's 10% off. So if you are interested in getting some Vortex, go over to him. Now, at the same time, if you're in the Midwest, out in Colorado, you need to go check out my buddy George from NFS Shooting Supply. That's no fucking slack for those of you guys who don't know what NFS is. And the same thing goes for him out there. He also has firearm training. He also has his own range. He also has special forces instructors with 10 years plus of combat. He himself is a firearms dealer, so you can purchase any type of firearm from him that you are eligible to acquire. Even if you're not within, uh, like, store distance, meaning you can go into the storefront, you can purchase it online and he'll ship it out to you extremely fast. Be- better than any place I've ever used ever before. And I'm not just saying that. I'm being serious. I got a pretty rare Glock 19 FTE, and he had it from Colorado to me in two days. Well, that's better than Cabela's for the most part. I mean... Cabela's takes forever, even though it's right up the road from my house. So convenient, sure, but not really because you go there and waste your fucking time and deal with a bunch of retards. So support these men. These are American men, salt of the earth men, starting American made companies, trying to give their knowledge that they've acquired through their life and give it back to our community and our country and supply freedom and love and kindness to all humanity forever i will support them and i hope that you guys get on board too so if any of my podcasts are of value to you please like and share please send it with your friends talk about it with people i want to give credit to whoever recently went to mystic wear or mystical wares in mount vernon washington as I have a story about that, but because of you talking about me, I was connected with them, and now that is going to further uh, our spiritual growth and our enlightenment down the road, because the owners of that store are magical beings, and actually today, here in a couple hours, I'm going to meet up with him to do a podcast because of the connection that whoever went there made for me and him, so fans... I love you so much. Even if there was only one person, I'd still do this. I don't get money. I don't make money by doing this. I do this simply out of the goodness of my heart to share with you guys and to help humanity grow and become better and to destroy the evil, low vibration, spiritual warfare that we got going on. So let's get on with the podcast so I can tell you guys what's been going down. All right, so a couple months ago, I decided to do something fucking wild. Pretty crazy. Um, Now that I look back at it, it is a pretty extreme thing to do, but I don't regret it. It was actually very beneficial to me, and I'm grateful that I completed the task. Now, what am I talking about? Well... Over the course of the last couple years of me posting things on Instagram, finding like-minded friends, connections, and ultimately creating new relationships and friendships, there's a guy who has been talking to me for I don't even know how long. And a couple months ago or a month ago, I don't remember the exact timing, we were bullshitting over Instagram and 
something got brought up, I believe, about meeting me or sometimes meeting me or some, something like that. Well, apparently I was feeling very kind and generous and warm-hearted, <laughs> and I extended the invite out with open arms saying, well, if you're ever in the area, you got a place to crash. Like, you can always come here. And he was like, what the fuck? That was the nicest thing someone's ever offered me. And I was like, yeah, for sure. I mean, we're all brothers and sisters on this planet. And just because I don't know you doesn't necessarily mean that we aren't allies. Now, have I met this person? No. Have I talked to this person on the phone? No. Have I FaceTimed this person or Zoom? No. I've only talked to him over the Instagram. So that's a little crazy. It's a little crazy. But I don't, but it's like whatever. Well, like a day later or, or soon after, he messages me and he's like, I, I'm going to talk to the wife and take you up on that. I'm thinking about getting a, a plane flight up to your house or up to SeaTac Airport and then I'll rent a car and I'll drive to your house. And I was like, holy shit, this guy's being serious. Okay. And he, he threw out some dates and then I was like, yeah, that'll work. And it was the 18th to the 20th. Well, <laughs> I forgot about it for a little while. And then he sends me a message a couple days or a couple, yeah, a couple days before the plane flight. And he's like, we still on? And I was like, holy shit. I am not sure I want to do this. I, I don't know this guy. He's coming to sleep at my house. This is fucking wild. I got Vanessa here and Tinsley here and the boys. I, I don't, I don't know, man, but I knew that that was my monkey mind trying to gain control of the situation because I talk a lot about your monkey mind and then your heart. And the goal is, is to get them in alignment. And right now I fight a lot. My mind is fucking wild and crazy. And my heart is like my inner compass. Well, my heart is saying that it's okay. I don't feel scared. I don't feel nervous. I feel like I reached out for a reason. I opened the door for a reason. Like, I need to follow my heart. But my mind is, like, going through all of the fucking events and scenarios that could possibly happen to make things go bad. And finally, I just had to tell it to shut the fuck up. And I said, okay, I'll see you then. Well, we talked. Or no, then I totally forgot to tell Vanessa. And uh, she wanted to do something. And I was like, oh, actually, we can't. She's like, why? I go, well, I haven't told you, but I invited this guy to come over to our house. And he's going to stay the weekend with us. And she's like, okay, who's this guy? I go, I don't know. And she's like, what do you mean you don't know? I go, I don't know. And she's like, well, who is he? I go, some guy I met on Instagram. She's like, what the fuck, Tyler? Are you serious? And I go, yeah. And she's like, well, when is he coming here? And I was like, <laughs> in a couple of days. And she's like, um, no. I go, yeah, he's already bought a plane ticket. He's renting a car. He's coming up here. So I told her she needed to trust me. I said, I'm the leader. I promise I will protect you. I will not let something bad happen to you. It's going to be okay. I wouldn't do it if I didn't think it was okay. However, if something does happen, it's also absolutely my fault. I'm taking control of or accountability of all things in this situation because I'm the fucking leader and I'm the alpha and this is what we're going to do. And most of the time, there's risk to things. And if you want to grow as a pack, if you want to grow as a as a being, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. And having a stranger who you've never met before come and sleep at your house for a couple of days without ever interacting is it's a, it's really out of my comfort zone. But I did it. And so sure enough, he fucking gets on the plane, comes and he shows up. And when he shows up, it was like, holy shit, this is real. Here he is. And we meet and it's cool. He was cool and we talked and we talked and we talked and for the entire two days he was here, we talked about every single thing that you could possibly talk about within that amount of time. And then Saturday morning we went fishing and he got to go out down to the river where there's no one and just hang out with nature, which he loved. He taught me 
some things about fishing, which is... Oh, shit. Our fire alarm's going off. Sounds like elderberry syrups <laughs> getting burned downstairs. Anyways, sorry about that. Remember, guys, I'm a real human being in a real house. Like, I actually live. I'm not a AI character. I'm not an NPC. I'm not a clone. I'm not a deep fake. I'm not any of those fucking things. I'm actually a real human with a real soul and a real spirit. So if wacky shit goes on during the podcast, I apologize. But I don't care to be the most professional. That's not, my, that's not what I set out to do a podcast for is to be the most proper and most professional and have everything all perfect. That's not me. I'm not perfect. My life isn't perfect. And I I just don't want it to be like that. So I apologize. However, it is what it is. So anyway, so we're fishing and I caught some, I caught two fish. My brother-in-law caught a fish. Lance did not. However, Lance was like the sensor, the sensei, the master sensei teaching, teaching us. So because I got out of my comfort zone and allowed this man to come here, I was gifted new skills and knowledge that is priceless. Like what is the price tag to put on certain things? And now because of the interaction and because of the accomplishment or uh, conquering that mission, I have something that I can pass on to my kids. We can go fishing right down the road from our house. And it's all because of Lance. And he, he taught me m- much more than that. That was just one thing that really stuck out to me is like, thank you so much. And now I know that I have a brother ally somewhere else that isn't in my community, that isn't right next to me he's out building his own tribe and his own community and that's how the ripple effect is going to work it's not just going to start in one spot it's like we're going to have to get out of our comfort zone we're going to have to start connecting with other human beings that aren't necessarily from around locally interact with them share each other share energy with one another and help each other learn some shit. And then we go back to our homeland and then we spread that out. And now instead of coronavirus taking over the world, we have a truth virus taking over the world because here coming in the near future, um, we're going to have to find our warrior spirit. So we'll get into that after this story. So then Lance ends up leaving Sunday morning. And he has to go back to his family. And before he leaves, he tells me, he essentially tells me that he knows George from No Fucking Slack out in Colorado, my sponsor. And I said, no way. He goes, yeah, I used to work with him or, be, or something like that, train with him. He goes, that's how I found out about you is that George listened to Greg and, and when he was listening to Greg, he heard you on there and then he went to follow your podcast and then he told me about you and I'm like, no way, this is crazy. What a small world. So I guess next thing is, is George, if you're listening, brother, you're the next one to come up, make a date, buy a plane ticket, get that rental car and we'll do a weekend just like Lance did. That's, that's. I'll be waiting, brother. Um, so anyway, so he goes home and I'm thinking like, you know what? The reason why this is happening, or I shouldn't say the reason why, but the reason why we're okay, Lance and I with doing that is because we are both confident in our own abilities. I'm confident in my ability to talk to another man, to look into his eyes, to have him come to my house, because at the end of the day, there's only three things that can happen. We either become friends and everything's good. We don't become friends, but everything's okay. I just simply have to say like, you know, you're not, I don't really want you in this house anymore. You're going to have to go get your own place to stay. Or he does something extremely fucked up, which hopefully would never happen, but let's just say he did something extremely fucked up. Well, I have 10 acres on my own land. I'll figure it out. Now, if I had any of those other two inklings in my heart, I know that I would have never reached out to him to say that he could come here. I knew 
energetically that he was a good human being. I could tell. We, I, I just, I don't know. I knew. My, intu- my intuition told me it was okay. And we came here and we talked and he's a confident man. And I find that honorable. It allowed, I mean, it's way more scary for him than me. He had to leave his family and get on a plane and come to my house on my property. For me, this is all my shit, my home, my domain, my, this is my cave. And so even though it was definitely scary for me, it was even more for him. And I'm looking back and it's like, damn, dude, the, the amount of bravery courage risk assessment and confidence that this guy has is quite honorable so lance i'd like to tell you i find you honorable brother i love you buddy that was rad so in the morning time after he leaves my mom sends me a message that is kind of weird because she says hey tyler good morning I'm going to go to the crystal shop. I'm looking for a crystal. Would you like to go with me? Well, I had said yes. But the thing is, is that my mom, my mom doesn't have any crystals. So, you know, it's kind of weird, but whatever. So then I tell Vanessa, hey, we're going to go. And her dad was supposed to come over to assess some of our trees and we had to put that off. Our family's going to go. My mom comes and we're going to the crystal store. Well, as we're going to the crystal store, see, this is weird. This is where there's like, there's clearly a bigger plan going on than just whatever we think. Because this day in particular is like, it didn't matter what I wanted to do. The universe already had my day planned out for me. It already had everything set in stage so that my day could just go boop, boop, boop and connect the dots with all these different things. And it's fucking bizarre, you guys. It's bizarre. And no one would believe me unless they encountered it. But on this particular day, not only did Vanessa encounter it with me, my mom got to encounter it. And my mom is like, Tyler, you living with you or not living with you, but like your life is so What's the word? Uh, profound, magical, bizarre, crazy, wild. Um, makes your brain spin. And I said, I know. I know. And I don't know. I shouldn't say I don't know why. I know why. But I just, my mind still tries to grasp things that it can't grasp. It's bigger than my mind. But yet my heart knows. So we're going to the crystal store. And we're on the freeway. And Vanessa interrupts me and my mom talking and says, sorry, guys, I don't mean to interrupt, but I have to read you this email. Well, this email wrote, hey, Tyler, this is so-and-so from Mystical Wares. Now, mind you, Mystical Wares is the crystal shop that I'm on my way to go to. Uh, A podcast listener of yours just came in the store looking to purchase some shungite and had mentioned you. That they learned about it from your podcast, and we would like to reach out and and meet up. Well, it's like, fuck, I'm already on the way there. So there's a little synchronicity. Then we get to the crystal store, and I walk in, and she goes, hey, you're the compassionate Viking. I just sent you an email. I said, I know, da-da-da-da. We start bullshitting. I was like, well, I definitely need to meet Derek sometime. And she's like, Oddly enough, he's on his way here. And I go, oh, really? She's like, yeah, I'll be here in like 10 minutes. She's like, typically he, he he would never be here right now. But for whatever reason, he's on his way here right now. And it's like, oh, that's because I was driving here so that he can meet me because we're supposed to meet each other. And if my mom didn't ask me to come with her to go get crystals right now, then this wouldn't happen. And the funny thing is my mom doesn't even own any crystals. So for her to wake up today for this to happen, right after this person mentioned my name to you guys, for you to reach out, me to read the email while I'm already on my way here without talking to you, and then Derek to come here when he was never supposed to be here in the first place means divine timing. This is all set up. Not by us, but by the greater, the, 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 the higher selves, the, the divine, God, whatever you want to fucking call it. And it's fucking bizarre. So then we get there, and uh, 
we go, me and Derek start bullshitting. We go sit down. We drink some structured water. We go back in his room, and he starts telling me all this this stuff about myself and my spirit guides and my aura and starts telling me about some things that have been going on in my life that have that have not made sense that now do make sense and i was like fuck dude we gotta hang out more and so we're gonna actually do a podcast here i'm i'm going to leave in like two hours to go do a podcast with him so he'll be next week's podcast and he's a seer you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had a an oracle on as one of my guests, who is a woman, and now the next week I will have a seer on who is a man, and we share a ton of similarities. You know, it, it, it's bizarre, and I'm sure we'll get into all that in the podcast. So this this synchronicity, this connection, this ripple effect. I talk on the podcast, you guys listen, you talk about things, they listen, and then now we're all starting to connect. And I just find that absolutely amazing. It's just so fucking cool and beautiful to me. So then after that, the Oracle is doing, the Oracle lady that I had on, she is doing a birth chart for Vanessa and, and I. Now, Vanessa has always wanted to know, not always, after her last ayahuasca experience, she wanted to know, oh, there's the fire alarm again, guys. Sorry about that. Fuck. I'm going to pause it. Okay, we're back. Uh, it wasn't Vanessa. It was actually my grandma was cooking and something in her oven but her alarm system is connected to our alarm system that way if something was to ever happen we would know just like we just did but everything's okay so anyways back to what we were talking about um i went to the oracle to do a birth chart and when Ma vanessa did her first ayahuasca ceremony she came back and felt like she had chose me as her soulmate and really wanted to know if i felt that she was my soulmate uh, anytime that I've done the medicine, it has never been about like love or soulmate or anything like that. It's always different. It's always just about myself. So I don't know. I've felt like that, but I didn't ever have a definitive answer apparently like she did. And so she always says, I know something you don't know. Well, the birth charts from the Oracle kind of, uh, defined that apparently we are a match made in heaven. Uh, the stars had to align for it to work out because for the first 10 years, all of the stars were not lined up, which caused massive issues amongst us. But now the stars are aligned and it should be better than it's ever been and continue to get better for the rest of our lives, which I feel. And then uh, we always had said, she told us that uh, Tinsley is our sole contract. It was her that brought us together. And if you ever look at a, a birth chart, it like makes different shapes and ours makes, for instance, all of my strengths are Vanessa's weaknesses and all of Vanessa's strengths are my weaknesses. So we work much better as long as we work together and as a team and communicate with one another, we hold all of the elements, earth, fire, wind, water, and air. Wait, earth? Fire, air, water. Yeah. Which is interesting because some of the things that the Oracle was telling us is like, it's crazy how these energy beings can tell so much about us without us ever telling them about it. So if you are, if you haven't gotten a birth chart before, I highly suggest you go get one done. Now, I know there's a lot of people who don't actually even believe in any of this stuff, but if it's all bullshit, then who cares? Who cares? But if it is correct, then don't you think we should look into it? I think we should. And after all of the things that I've opened my mind to and set aside my conditioning and my biases and just was like, fuck it, let's just see what it is. It's crazy how accurate it is. It's crazy how if you go to the crystal store and you just pick the one up that you're most attracted to and then you go look at what the that stone's for, 
how scary accurate it is. So try it, check it out. It's cool. Um, what's the next thing that I was going to talk about? Oh yeah. People have asked me a ton of questions about brown belt. What it means to be a brown belt, how it feels to be a brown belt, how long it's taken me to be a brown belt, what is a brown belt, all these different questions. And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know, but I have some theories (laughs) because it's very hard for me to just define a brown belt. A brown belt is someone who has dedicated their life to learning the art and skills of jujitsu. They are highly efficient at the art of jujitsu. They are not at the top, but they are amongst the leaders and at the top of the class within jujitsu. There isn't a human being that walks out on the streets that doesn't train that would that in my opinion would be able to beat a brown belt and if they do then that's kind of ridiculous by the time you're a brown belt no human being that doesn't train i don't even give a fuck who they are you should be able to to beat them so with that being said there's a ton of discrepancies i think it has to do with your character as a human being too like your maturity level, how much you give back, what your it, like it carries into your private lives too, like outside the gym or or your your careers or your relationships, and it feels like a lot of responsibility. Also, people are now coming to you as a mentor to have answers to their questions. That's kind of what it means to me. That doesn't mean that anyone who has a lower belt will never beat me or can never beat me. That absolutely can. How do I feel when a lower belt beats me? Fucking sucks. And that's the truth. But I don't give up. It usually teaches me a lesson. It's like, okay, I need to try harder. And not try harder as in try harder to win. I need, unless, unless it's that I just accepted shitty positions like instead of fighting as hard as I can for them not to pass my guard they go to pass my guard and I just accept side control which I don't really do that I don't accept positions I try and fight you as hard as I can because I know that every time that I lose those fights it's harder and harder to to get back but if I just lose straight up like they're just better than me then that means I need to try harder at 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 learning at drilling, at conditioning, at takedowns, at whatever it is that I felt my weakness was that they exploited. (coughs) But it can happen because if you have a 50-year-old brown belt who works at Microsoft and a 25-year-old highly skilled blue belt who has wrestled his whole life, the blue belt probably kicks the brown belt's ass. Does that mean that the brown belt should not, that the 50-year-old brown belt should not have a brown belt wrapped around its waist? Or that the blue belt should have a, br- a brown belt wrapped around his waist? No, it doesn't. Because it, it it's not a, a an exact thing. It's just a representation of where you're at in your own jujitsu journey. And it's not fair to have a 22-year-old purple belt and a 60-year-old purple belt. Because... Father time, agility, athleticism, all these different things come into play. However, you get a highly skilled person, like some black belt who's 60 years old, and you put him against a purple belt who's 25 years old, and he's probably going to lose. So, I don't know. I don't know. There isn't an exact thing, but that's kind of how I feel about it. However, there has been some things that have happened over the last week that... As a brown belt, I feel I should chime in on. First and foremost, if you, well, it doesn't matter what belt color you are. If you're in jujitsu, you need to be picking opponents that are going to challenge you. 
You don't need to do it every single time. But you need to at least every time that you're there, you need to pick one or two rounds where this is going to challenge you. You're going to get beat or you're going to have to try as hard as you can to win. Now, if you're going against someone who's way, way better than you, do you just give up? Do you, do you just accept loss and defeat? No. You need to fight as if you're going to win. You have to believe that you're going to win. Even if you're not going to win, you have to believe that you're going to win. And that helps hone your warrior spirit of like, I don't give a fuck who's fighting me. I will try to beat you as hard as I can. Now, when you're a white belt and you're trying to beat someone as hard as you can, you're going crazy. You're actually like flailing and doing unorthodox moves and crazy shit. And it's causing the person to go even harder on you because you're being crazy. Well, you can still be calm and fight as hard as you can because that's why I see new people doing the most as a brown belt. I would suggest that instead of squeezing harder, instead of gritting your teeth more, instead of trying to move faster or hold on to fucking neck cranks or, or just like scratching and being flailing all over the place, jumping around, you need to focus on your breathing. Because a lot of times you're just taking a big ass breath and then you're exerting so much energy on nothing. And you notice that the people who are high ranked, they're not crazy. They're not exerting any energy if they don't have to. They are fast and they are explosive and they are incredibly strong, but they're not doing that the entire time. They're most of the time breathing through their nose, out through their mouth, looking at what grips they got, looking at what positions they're in, and they're trying to figure out a solution to the problem. And then once they figure it out, when they go for the takedown or the sweep or the submission or the transition or the escape or whatever it may be, they'll, they, will explode, they will do it 100%. They will be assertive as they can when they do it. So think about your breathing. If you're focused on your breathing rather than winning – you or maybe not rather than winning but rather than like attacking i think that you'll do better you'll loosen up you know so many people are just bonered out the whole time that they're rolling and when you're bonered out it takes so much energy to maintain that stiffness well you don't want to be stiff when you're fighting you want to be loose you want to flow like bruce lee says you must flow like water you know you you become the cup adapt notice like if you're going with someone who's high ranked than you and and like the more that you commit to things the more that you pressure in the more that you try the more easy it is for the other person to reverse you or sweep you it's like what the fuck that doesn't even feel like they're trying they don't have to because you're doing all the work so think about that now i was upstairs teaching fundamentals class and there was two white belts in there who were training together. One of them has been there for, I don't know, a couple weeks, maybe a couple months. And the other one's been there for a couple weeks. Well, we were doing a head and arm triangle from Mount. And the kid was saying that it wasn't working. The guy on the bottom. And I said, what do you mean it's not working? And he says, well, I'm not getting choked out. And I said, okay, well, why don't I do it to you? And then you can see what it feels like. And then that way when your drilling partner is doing it to you, you can compare the two. You can adjust the two. You can be like, okay, well, when Tyler was doing it, it felt like this, more pressure here or whatever it may be. And then you can adjust your, your partner to be like, that's how it felt. He says, okay. So I start doing it to him. And as someone who has put a lot of chokes on people before I know when it's in like I know when the choke is in and when it's good or when it's shitty and I can tell that for whatever reason it was super good it was really deep it was I had a very very good bite on his neck so I start doing it and I don't even have my hands clasped together yet I still just have one hand underneath his neck and have his arm pinned over pushed into the other side of his neck and I asked him, because I knew it was already choking him. I said, hey, are you all right? And he says, yeah. 
I go, okay, you don't need a tap? He goes, nope. I go, okay. And I think to myself, like, yeah, right. Like, I know that you, I know that you're being choked already, but okay. So I clasp my hands together and I start cinching down the choke, making it tight. And I can feel it's tight as fuck. And he's not tapping. And I'm thinking, like, dude, there's no way that you're not being choked right now. I can tell. Like, I can feel. I, I just know. So I start clocking myself up towards his head. And I am thinking there's literally no possible way that you're not tapping out. Why are you not tapping out? All of a sudden, boom, he starts going to fucking chicken convulsions. I'm like, God damn it. So I stand up, grab his legs, lift him in the air, shake the blood from his feet back to his fucking brain, get him to come back conscious, stand him up. And he's like, oh, what's going on? And I'm like, what do you mean what's going on? I go, why the fuck didn't you didn't? Why didn't you tap? He goes, it wasn't working. And I go, what do you mean it wasn't working? And he's like, it wasn't working. And I go, bro, you were just choked unconscious. If I didn't let go, you would be dead. But I let go. I was waiting for you to tap. I knew it was in the from the very beginning. That's why I asked, bro, you okay? Do you need to tap? And you said no. And so then I'm doing it and cinching it and cinching it and you're still not tapping and I'm thinking like, yeah, right. Well, that's because you're fucking choked unconscious. You need to tap. And he goes, the thing is I could breathe the whole time. I said, I didn't ask you if you could breathe. I asked if you're all right or if you needed to tap. And he's like, well, I didn't think it was working. I go, just because you can breathe doesn't mean the choke isn't working. There's two types of chokes. There's blood chokes and there's air chokes. Most chokes are blood chokes. Only a couple are air chokes, like a guillotine, a shitty rear naked chokes, a couple others. This is a blood choke. This is where you can breathe. It doesn't hurt super bad. It's not crushing your airway. It's pinching your carotid arteries on both sides of your neck. And now you don't have any blood that's going to your brain. So it shuts off. And he's like, oh, okay. This has happened before. I'm like, dude, that's not good. That's not good. You need to make sure that you tap. When you see the fuzzy box, when you see your vision your, from your peripheral start getting dark and it closes into the center, that's your, uh, that's your sign to tap. <laughs> and he's like, okay. I go, here's the deal. It's very bad for you. I don't think it's good for you. If we were supposed to have lack of blood to the brain, don't you think our body would have a time where all of a sudden it shuts the blood off to our brain. Like we get air bubbles and stuff, but that's not the case. You know, you get an air bubble in your bloodstream and that can cause big problems. So that's a little fun fact for you. A little tip for the white belts or the blue belts or the purple belts. Anyone who's trying to hang on to the chokes longer than you're supposed to. That's not good. Okay. We're there training. And the reason why we're training is so that we know where our limits are and where you would need to go to in a real-life defense situation. So save the not, not tapping out for outside. And when you're inside with your training partners, go ahead and tap. Stand up. Restart. Just like a fucking video game. It, it, it sucks. I know it sucks to lose, but we're practicing, you guys. We're practicing. It's training. It's not the competition. It's not a, a life-threatening scenario. It's our homies and our friends and our, our, our buddies at the gym. And the next thing. Question. What's my thoughts on a high-ranking belt beating the fuck out of a newer white belt? And my thoughts are it totally depends on the reasoning and the situation. Like, why are they doing it out of animosity? Are they doing it for malicious or nefarious intentions? Or are, do they have, like, a, a method to the madness? Is there a method to the madness, or is it just all about pride? Well, there's, in my opinion, as long as there's a method to the madness and they have a good reason for it, it can be... It can be actually a good thing now do i think every single time you go with that person you just fucking maul them and beat the sh breaks off of them 
No, I don't. I don't think that that's helping anyone. Now, sometimes I think it can be beneficial. In fact, I recently just did this. I'm a brown belt, and there is a newer white belt. He's been there, oh, I don't know, a couple months maybe. I've seen him. I've taught him in certain classes. I've rolled with him. I've been nice with him. And when we were rolling, I would I would get him in a position and then help him out. Like, you know, get on a side and get your frames in, start shrimping out, trying to get your guard back, maintain some distance or create some distance or whatever it is, you know. Well, this particular time, and he was always kind of shy. Like, he didn't really fight very hard. Well, for whatever reason, we went to roll, and we slapped him bump, and he comes at me 120%. Bad out of hell. And so, when we got down, I think he pulled guard, and I stood there, and then he tried to pull me into his clothes guard, and he, like, kneed me in his in the face or elbowed me in the in the mouth and it busted my lip wide open it fucking pissed me off not pissed me off because i want to fight him but because it's unnecessary the only reason why that happens is because a brand new white belt going crazy not knowing what the fuck they're doing and now we're in a fight so it's like okay well we're not gonna let that happen anymore so pass the guard get to mount and put him in mother's milk for those that don't know, Mother's Milk is a terrible, terrible move. It's not a submission, but it can be, and it's it's debilitating. It puts you in a panic mode. It'll create anxiety and a panic attack, smothers you, and essentially what you do is you wrap your legs, you're, you're on, you're, somebody's laying down on their back. The next person has them in mount, meaning I'm sitting like on their belly button with my legs over their waist on each side and then I'm going to wrap my legs under their legs making a grapevine so we're connected I'm going to take one of my arms and put it underneath their head and pull it up off of the mat so only their back is on the on the mat and then I'm going to drive my hips into their sternum while laying my gi and chest on their face so that they can't fucking breathe and I'm just going to hold them I'm going to drive all the air out of their sternum their diaphragm while holding their head up off the mat so they can't bridge or anything and they can't take any breaths because the material or the skin of my body has covered their mouth and face and I know how terrible it is I've tapped many people to this I myself have been put in this and have almost tapped and it's fucking terrible so I start doing it to this kid and uh I was trying to make him tap, and he wouldn't, and he wouldn't, and he wouldn't. I was like, dude, this kid's tough as hell. Well, when we got done, as soon as we got done, the match is over. He looks at me, and he goes, bro, did I piss you off or something? I go, no. He goes, well, you just put me in mother's milk for three minutes. That's kind of a dick move, don't you think? I go, is it? And he goes, yeah. I go, yeah, I, I think so, too. And he's like, well, why did you do that? I go, because... I wanted to push you to the limits. You didn't tap out. I thought for sure you would tap out, but you didn't. And you're a tough motherfucker, dude. And because of what just happened, you learned something about yourself, and I learned something about you that no one can ever take away. It's imprinted, ingrained, hardwired into our DNA that you know how tough you are. And you didn't tap out, so you can even go further than that. You didn't know that until right now. I didn't know that until right now. You are not a pussy. You're tough. You've been here a while. We've had multiple different roles. And tonight you came at me to fight. And how? And even though I did what I did to you, you learned. There's two things. You learned about your own mental toughness and where you stand. And you learned the levels of jujitsu. That if you want to go that hard, I'll go that hard. And I didn't even, I didn't even do anything. I just held you there. And you can't do anything. But I'm proud of you, dude. That was fucking savage, and essentially that was your initiation. You've been here long enough, and I can tell that you're dedicated to the team, and you're all in, and now you were just initiated into the club. And so I told him that in person, and then at the end of the day, when we lined up, I said it to you know all everyone at lineup. And you know what? That made that kid's day. That made that fucking kid's day. So that's my answer to that too. If you're a white belt, and you're getting mauled by 
a brown belt or a purple belt or a white or a a uh, black belt and you feel like wow that was unnecessary that was really rough ask them did i piss you off what was the reasoning for that and most likely it's going to be because now you know like the other thing is is no one outside of the gym is ever going to be able to do that to you so to have that is very nice because outside people who train like we do and can do those to you are on your team man we're all on the same team we're not out there trying to fight people the last thing that I want to do is go and fight outside of the gym. I, to be honest, could be in a lot of fights if I wanted to, but I choose not to. I choose not to because I don't want to start fights. And I don't even want to be in one if I don't absolutely have to. I fight enough. I already know where I stand. I already I, I don't need to fucking prove myself to the average Joe who watches TV and eats Cheetos all day and fucking nuts into his couch and his crusty sock. <clears throat> I don't need to prove myself to those guys. I know where I stand, and anyone who can beat me is on my team. So that is my brown belt tips for you guys who have asked me some questions. I got a couple last things, and then we are going to go. We got a lot of crazy shit going on, okay? There's a lot of stars that are aligning, retrograde planets that are aligning, and the Oracle told me that for the next three weeks, there would be a lot of crazy shit going on. Well, we had Hawaii fires that were direct energy weapons. You find out that all the nefarious stuff behind it, that clearly it was intentional, clearly it was designed, clearly it was not a natural occurrence, it wasn't some random event, it was planned. <coughs> then you have the hurricane or tropical Hillary hitting the California and Mexico and flooding all of Nevada and creating mud floods and slides and shit. Now you have Hurricane Harold or whatever coming up into the into the fucking Gulf of Mexico. You got wildfires out in New York and Canada and Kelowna. And I found out that Kelowna is going to be um, one of Canada's first smart cities. So I don't know what they have planned. They have something planned. Because they also have the fact that in mid-September, masks are going to be implemented. TSA whistleblowers came out and said that masks are on their way. I seen in... Atlanta, Georgia, one of the one of the private schools, black private schools, is now putting coronavirus re, um, restrictions back in order, masking up, social distancing. They got new. They're saying new COVID variants on the rise. So be prepared because this time is going to be different than last time. They themselves say that the next pandemic that happens will make coronavirus look like child's play. Well, we all have learned. We all have learned, we all listen to this podcast, and every single one of you guys who listens to this is starting to hone in on what's going on and finding your warrior spirit. Well, I highly suggest that when they make these rules come back, we do not fucking comply. Not one even inch. The answer is no. We are highly, highly, highly powerful beings. We are energetic beings at the highest level. We have more power and more specialness than they could ever, ever dream of having. But they've conditioned us to believe us that we're itty bitty, no powerful, have no fucking, have no authority, like just follow the rules and, and we're insignificant. And that's simply not the case. That's an inversion. No one has to die. No bullets have to get shot. No, nothing has to happen. We simply can not comply we just have to say no and whatever they tell us to do you do the opposite do not get the jab do not fucking wear your mask do not go and start using whole foods in amazon palm scan readers they have things in the books right now fed now where the world banks are now going digital on their currency more than like 40 countries now have signed on to BRICS. Because the world wants to get away from the U.S. dollar. We have, you know, all of these 
supposed so-called natural disasters going on even though they're not their their weather modification weapon systems being used against us to seize land and push us further into smart cities for the green deal along with unesco the united nations world economic forums little you know great reset build back better program agenda 2030 we need to not do it this time you guys we, we we have to be strong we have to band together we have to say no fuck you i'm not doing that bullshit it's against nature to enslave us and i will not acquiesce to ridiculousness okay if you acquiesce to ridiculousness you yourself become ridiculous and i know every single one of you guys listening to this podcast isn't ridiculous so think about that whenever somebody tries to make you do something that would make you look and be and act in a ridiculous manner the studies are out there these people are not on our team they are going to do everything they can to get us to cuck in to their agenda because that's their only way. This is their last chance to enslave and track and surveillance the entire global population. But we should be awake enough. Only a little bit of light can light up all darkness. Any type of high vibration is positive. It is light. Any type of low vibration is negative. It is dark. They have to go together. Without light, there is no dark. And without dark, there is no light. There's contrast. There's duality. It's the yin and the yang. They don't fight together. They're one. They go together. So instead of trying to fight and kill and banish the darkness upon it, simply light your light up and it cannot exist darkness cannot exist in light you don't have to fight it you don't have to hate it you don't have to give it energy it's a part of the light it's one it goes together so when you look at the yin and the yang you don't cut it in half and get rid of the dark the black side you simply just stay in the in the light side and the reason why the light side can be light is because of the dark so we are learning what the dark is. The last three years have been nothing but us connecting together, nothing but us building this new way of life. We're now bartering in this new system. You know, the Oracle did the birth chart and I'm going to go help her. I'm going to go help her do her um, little garden thing for a wedding venue that she's doing. Perfect. No currency needed. This podcast that I'm about to do, he gave me a whole bunch of shungite and, and different types of bracelets and crystals. And because of that, I'm going to gift him an earth pipe. So there's ways to get around this. And in the meantime, with the geoengineering and the weather ma manipulation, I have been building earth pipes. I actually just got building them this some of them this morning i'm going to gift one to derek at mystical wares i'm going to gift one to don the oracle i'm going to put some at the i'm going to gift one to greg over at jujitsu because we need to put them in the ground and excuse me we need to put them in the ground and combat the 5g radiation in the cell towers because i believe people are going to start getting real sick and i think people really are going to be dying and it's not going to be because of a new covid variant it's going to be because of the graphene oxide that was already put within the people who have been jabbed and the people who are still getting jabbed and going to get the new jabs and the 5g is going to be directly connected to the mrna hydrogel technology which is the bci the brain computer interface that interlocks the human being and the DNA to the EMFs that are connected to the internet of things so that they can track us on a social credit score. They can track us on a facial recognition system. They can track us through a digital identity. And like Yuval Noah Harari says, all the way down to our dreams and thoughts to make sure that we don't have any mental illness that would go against any mainstream narrative or be a delinquent or a rebel or an outlaw against uh society so don't believe me look it up i didn't fucking make this shit up this is in their books they have to tell us what they're doing and then we give them consent by not doing anything about it so if y'all are getting upset about our inflation our money the devalue of the dollar the d the the devalue of all of our 
homes in our our assets if you're getting upset about the government using weapons uh direct energy weapons to burn up our homes and our lands to push us out of our homeland so that they can buy it up and take it and make it theirs for the rich and then push us into little fucking prison camps called smart cities or 15 minute cities (coughs) i suggest that we don't just sit back and wait anymore I suggest that we fucking do something about it because no one's coming to save us. Nobody, not, not Trump, not fucking DeSantis, not Jesus, not Allah, not Buddha, not fucking Odin. Nobody is coming to save us. Okay. In all of those very, you know, very sought after people, particularly even the Bible, I'm pretty sure Jesus says to not worship or idolize any man. Well, the thing is, is that I'm not saying don't pray to the gods. Do pray to the gods. But be honest with yourself. The gods are not there to save you. The gods are there to give you courage, to give you bravery, to give you confidence, to give you insight, to give you wisdom, to give you knowledge, to give you love, to give you compassion, to give you uh, 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 a fire under your ass so that you can save yourself. We are the special beings. We are created in God's image. We need to use our powers to bring back light into this world. And we are not going to bring back light into this world if we snuff our candle, snuff our flame, and let darkness come and attack us all the time to where we just defend. You can never win if you are defending. At some point, you have to attack you have to go on the offense we've been defending 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 and we're fucking losing because they tell us what they're going to do constantly and we don't do anything about it we bitch and moan there is solutions to every problem the world is just like jujitsu life is like jujitsu there's an infinite amount of moves and there's an infinite amount of problems and there's an infinite amount of solutions and it's up to us to figure it out well i'm Tired of white belts wanting to be white belts in the world. They're not going to work, okay? For the people out there, like you listeners who are listening to this podcast, who are wanting to progress in the jujitsu school of life, let's figure out how we become black belts, okay? And we become black belts by going out into the real world and practicing in real time and talking to real people and saying to real things saying real things about real shit and having truth resonate on that frequency because it's working. Our ripples are working. Hence what, what I just said about the last couple of days and, and meeting up with Lance and, and the Oracle and the fucking Derek from mystical wares and whatever else is on the horizon for me. Okay. It's, it's because I'm out there doing it. I'm getting out of my comfort zone and I'm practicing jujitsu out in real life i want you guys to do it too you don't want to be the people who are just waiting for someone to come and fix it or waiting for the crash or waiting for the global uh the central banking digital currency or waiting for the fires to happen or waiting for the mud floods to happen or waiting for all your shit to get taken away or waiting for you to be pushed outside of your your comfort zone only to end up in a worse position get outside of your comfort zone so that you can gain resilience i've really been thinking a lot lately and i go to jujitsu to become and then i i didn't make this up tim i got this from tim kennedy but it's true go to jujitsu to become to train to become the hardest person someone ever tries to kill and i think about that a lot but I also, as the compassionate Viking, want to be the warrior in a garden, not a gardener in a war. I don't want to just be a warrior. I don't want to be a Terminator. I don't want to be an ISIS member or a Taliban or an MS-13. I'm not into that, okay? I'm, all, I'm into love, equal, actually more. I want peace. I want love. I love to love. But the only way we can get there is if I learn the opposite side too because the evil side doesn't like love. So we have to fight. And maybe you fight love with love. I will be fighting out of love. The only reason I would fight to the death is out of love for for, for mankind and for planet Earth. So I have this new saying where it's like, be the hardest person someone ever tries to kill. Be the easiest person someone ever tries to love. 
And I like that. I think I'm going to make a shirt of, shirt of that. I'm going to quote that and, and copyright that. And that's the compassionate Vikings little mantra. Hardest person to kill, easiest person to love. I'll see you guys next week, guys. Later. Later.